Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools. Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we share stories from education that reveal God's presence and offer practical responses for family life. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I'm here today with the superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, which St. Vincent's is part of, and we welcome Dr. Joe Brettnacher, our superintendent. Thanks for being with us. Well, Zach, thank you for having me today, and I look forward to our conversation as always. Really appreciate you being on. This is great. Today's episode is titled Plan Strategically for Joy, and we'll be looking at how the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend has done this with its recent strategic plan and reaccreditation efforts. But we're first going to begin in prayer, so let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we praise you for your goodness in our Catholic schools, and we ask your blessing on all those listeners of this podcast. May our content today bear fruit for your kingdom, fruit in the lives of our listeners, and help us to truly grow as disciples of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Dr. Joe, I think since we have a national listenership, which is pretty cool on the online platform, just to hear a little bit more about your story would be great. So you first served as superintendent of our diocese in 2019-2020 academic year. Yep. And I think since our our national listeners may not know much about, well, how does one become, you know, a superintendent? What does that look like? Share a little bit about your professional background with our listeners. Well, first, I need to talk about God here. Amen, Whatever. brother. I love that. That's right. <laughs> Whenever I have looked at careers or made very difficult decisions in my life, um, I've always looked to the Lord's Prayer, and specifically, Thy will be done. Amen. And asked God to please guide me. Is this really what you want me to do? Um, I did that uh, in marriage. Oh, yes. uh, I'm married to St. Pam. I think she's going to become a saint. (laughs) I love it. Amen. Uh, we've That's been awesome. married for 43 years, and we've got what a what a grace. Two grown children, a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law, and five grandchildren. God is so good. Yes, God is good, and uh, Pam is good. <laughs> she's been uh, the the rock of my. Make sure life. she's tuning in when this airs. Okay, <laughs> this is great. I love it. Um, I got my Bachelor of Science from Purdue University. Okay, I got my Master of Science from Indiana University. I got my principal's license from Illinois State University. I got my PhD from Andrews University. Um, I also taught for three school years uh, in the public school. Great. Spent 10 years, believe it or not, as a senior planner at uh, Inland Still. I didn't know that. Yeah, so my family could get a good base. And Mm -hmm. then I promised myself when my youngest, Zach, became of school age, I get back to education, and okay. I kept that promise to wow. myself. And then um, I spent um, three years at Pontiac High School in Pontiac, Illinois, in Livingston Area Vocational Center. Okay, I was actually a vocational uh, teacher, believe it or not. That probably was actually a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of hands-on work, and the sure. kids really loved it. I'm, I bet so. you they did. That's, <laughs> after the show, I'm going to. I seriously do want to ask you more yeah. about that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was a principal for eight years um, here in this diocese right. at uh, Marion High School, and I started in 1996. So awesome. to come back to the diocese has truly been a, a blessing, uh, especially as superintendent. Um, I also spent two years um, at Mount Olive, Illinois, 
um, as a principal there. And I spent one year at Rossville um, High School as a principal there and eight years as at Lafayette Central Catholic there, too. Oh, great. I've got about 31 years in education right now. That's uh, awesome. I spent three years in the Diocese of Columbus, and it has really been a blessing for me, Zach, to be back in the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend around um, old friends. I really feel privileged uh, to be able to work with the tremendous administrators that we've got in this diocese. And the pastors are fantastic, too. Of course, working with Bishop Rhodes and Father Mark Gertner and everyone else in the diocese, again, is a blessing. Well, there are a lot of gifts here, you know, and that's wonderful to hear of it, Dr. Joe. So thank you. Thank you for the gift of your ministry as well. And I think for a listener, uh, just to add, you were also serving as superintendent for the Columbus Diocese prior to your arrival. Return, really. I say arrival, but really it's return. Yeah, I actually returned and then became uh, the principal of Father Thomas Asina Memorial High School for two years. Okay. Wanted to get close to at least one of my children. Yes. And uh, their their children are my grandchild. Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for your your ministry and just sharing that. And so, you know, today when we think about planning for joy, that's really what we're going to get to talk right. about is a lot about our strategic plan in our diocese. And I didn't know you had the planning background in the mm-hmm. non-schools field as well. So, you know, hearing yeah. about that in the for-profit world is, is pretty great. Um, but let's also just share too with our, just a listener out there, because they may not know our diocese and they may not know kind of even Northeast Indiana as a whole. So I thought it might be helpful to share just rough uh, sense of our current enrollment as a diocese and, of course, how many schools we're serving uh, here. Yeah, well, we've got 43 schools spread out over 10 different uh, counties throughout the boundaries of uh, the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. 39 of those are elementary schools and four of those are high schools. Our enrollment went up this year, which is really good. That is awesome. Uh, We feel blessed. Uh, We have 9,201 students. Amazing. That's an increase of 265 and an increase of 2.88%. Every increase is a real gift, right? That's glory be to God. That's amazing. Absolutely. And in the high school, we've got 2,952 students, which was an increase of 28 um, or a 1.31%. So in total, we've got uh, over 12,000 students in our diocese. That was up close to 300 and our 2.4% increase from last year. Now with pre-K, we go up to 13,184. Okay, that's outstanding. And you think about some of our schools offering both pre-K three and four. So from three years old, all the way through senior year of high school is is such a blessing that our diocese serves that. And to be over 13,000 then counting the pre-K numbers is really a gift. And I think for any diocese, any school for that matter in the non-public world, this year especially, as some of those COVID restrictions have, have come less in focus, seeing any kind of uh, growth is really a gift. So glory be to God. Thanks for sharing that. Well, for our listeners today, we're thinking a little bit about our strategic plan, and I was very blessed to be able to be a part of that committee that that worked on it. So I have kind of a subset of that knowledge, but it's it's a plan that I think from its mission and vision sets out an absolutely beautiful call for our educators, for our administrators, for anyone interested in education in this diocese uh, to be a disciple of Christ. So I thought that might be a perfect starting point. Just uh, we'll have actually a link to this document so that a listener could actually check this out right in the episode description. 
But could you share a little bit from the mission statement uh, from the plan and for the Catholic schools? Yeah, well, first of all, our mission statement for the Catholic schools in the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend is to evangelize and to form disciples of Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church through the Ministry of Education. Amen. That is so beautiful. We also um, updated our vision, our beliefs, and our philosophy. Now, I could put you to sleep if I read all of those, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to no, do that. Fine. But I'll just give you a little taste of a yeah, couple of vision statements. Our Catholic schools will provide Christ-centered environment in which the gospel message is proclaimed. Community in Christ is experienced. Service of others is practiced. And thanksgiving and worship of God is cultivated. And that thanksgiving is really pertinent um, as we enter into thanksgiving. Amen. Also, an, another uh, vision statement is our Catholic identity will be seen through the integration of faith and life, reverence for truth, growth and virtue, formation in Christian discipleship, and commitment to prayer. And I think those topics, for any parent listening anywhere in the nation, growth and virtue is, I think, first and foremost in our hearts. Yep. When we think about what do we want for our own kids. Absolutely. That is such an inspiring call. Absolutely. You know, we work for that as parents. And any parent, I mean, you could— in a Christian tradition, you mm -hmm. can just be tuning in and not have that base. But I think any parent that deeply loves their child says, I want my son, I want my daughter to be able to know that they are good and to be able to be virtuous. So that's a beautiful vision statement. I appreciate you sharing the few you did. You know, I think that helps mm -hmm. really a listener know, like, what is guiding at the very heart of, of this entire diocese, 43 schools, 13,000 students, an effort to grow in discipleship of Jesus Christ, right? And one of those ways is to grow in virtue. That's exciting. You know, and I think that's just to pause here for a minute, because there's a lot in the strategic plan. We'll get to that in just a moment. But there's so much that we do in schools that will become specific about how we're enhancing learning and, and what are some of the other ministries. But the, right. the root of all of it is an invitation that the call of Jesus Christ is really the only way to have fundamental joy and hope for, for meaning for our lives to matter. And so I just, I compliment our diocese so strongly for beginning from that place and, and really reminding that no matter what the program is, it's here to help our child grow, all of our children grow as disciples of Jesus and to grow in virtue. So yeah. that's awesome. And you're exciting. one of the best disciples that I know, Zach, and we're very uh, proud of all of your efforts that Thanks, Dr. Sent, uh, Vincent to Paul. You know, I do want to state one thing that um, in Catholic education, um, we know that our parents are the first and foremost educators of Amen. their children, and we play a subsidiary role with them in the education of their um, children. Yes. So that's really the bedrock of Catholic education is participation. Thank you with for the specifically slowing down and calling that out. And I, you know, I think sometimes we think, well, certainly our parents know that, but it's so important that we actually remind them of that, right? right. And maybe they don't. That that our global Catholic church teaches that. Parents are the first teachers. We believe that in our schools. Right. And then what a gift that we mm -hmm. can actually be partners with them. So mission, vision, beliefs, and philosophy. This again is linked right to our episode description. So somebody can read it, but starting from that place as a, as a planning effort is vital. And so it's uh, really a joy to, to hear that. Well, let's keep moving through the plan. So when we think for a listener about planning for joy. We're going to give some tips for family life at the end, but that's that's really what this document then does. It says, right. beyond that first assumption of the mission, here are some particular ways we're going to do that. So this one, of course, is near and dear to my heart, Aspiring Catholic Leaders Program. When we think about just the, the need for leaders as disciples of Jesus to then inspire their communities 
How did you know this this was going to be a clear need for our diocese and something that, you know, we need to take intentional thought and planning around? How how did that come to you, you know, and what types of things? How is the program running? You know, we're, we're blessed to have one of our administrators actually in the program right now. Right. So I know a little bit, but for a listener who's never heard of it, what does it mean to have an aspiring Catholic leaders program? Well, when I first started in the diocese <laughs> in 2019-2020, uh, um, we had a pretty high principal attrition rate. Mm-hmm. And at any given time, our attrition can be from 9 to 30%. Um, it's and really, that is a high number. It is. 30% is unacceptable. So we need to grow our own. There used to be a prospective uh, principal program, and sure. it was dormant for about a couple of years. Um, so we looked at that, and we decided that we would go with an aspiring Catholic leaders program because we wanted to invite um, leaders, not only for the principalship, but there are many other uh, leadership roles within our Catholic schools. Amen. And so I know, obviously, we have a cohort form now. What kind of enrollment do you hope to have in that in any given year? Do you, is there a certain target in mind or is it just, Lord, we've, we've got the program now and we know people are coming and that's great. So I don't know if we even have that. Already. I don't think we have any limits to that, but, you know, five to seven seems to be a good number for a cohort. Any higher than that, it gets a little bit difficult to When you can get some authentic discussion and, right. and real work together. So, right. Well, that's beautiful. So, you know, if for a listener, again, thinking about strategic planning, we're starting with a mission, form disciples of Jesus in the ministry of education. Growth and virtue is one of those visions. What's one of the first things and what's actually the, the very next first thing that our plan mentions, we need to have a leadership program developing those leaders to do exactly that. So kudos to the diocese for the, for the vision there. And that was not even my committee that I was involved with. You know, I had a separate arm on that. Yeah. So then the next one was about our curriculum. Hey, Zach, could I ask you, um, just uh, um, allow me to state something oh, yeah, else absolutely. about the yeah, definitely. Uh, Aspiring Catholic Leaders Program. I think one of the most important components of this plan is that we have some aspiring leaders that right now are not going to Catholic universities or colleges. So we have a Catholic identity and mission component mm-hmm. in our program so that our principles are well-versed in the Catholic faith. Thank you. Thanks. I really am so grateful that, that you pause on that for a minute because, again, that speaks right back to the first mission. If we don't have that, how are we going to sincerely be working for discipleship of our Lord? And that, to me, when I look at our diocese and the blessing I've known of my colleagues as other principals and other teachers, we are filled with disciples of the Lord in our schools. And so, but we need to sharpen that, right? We all have that calling to grow Mm -hmm. in our faith. And certainly as just a leadership practice, you think even back to, say, Franklin Covey, sharpen the saw, like if we're either growing or we're really declining, you know, you're not really holding constant. That's that's been proven true in research time and again, that there's not... Flatlining isn't really a thing. So mm-hmm. you you have to be very serious about that growth. So absolutely, kudos for adding that. That is beautiful. Thank you for adding that very much. Okay, well, then the next part of the plan that I think, so once we have the mission, when we have the right leaders, we can then look at the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, for a listener who may not really know the word curriculum, perhaps one of its most basic definition is just what is taught, right? And then instruction is how it's taught. And of course, you can add layers to those definitions. But so our plan now calls for us to modify our diocesan curriculum. And actually, we were blessed here on the show to have one of our curriculum yes. committee leaders, Vanessa Diller, mm-hmm. was on one of the earlier episodes. Great leader. Oh, yes. Amen. And her excitement and passion. And actually, that episode focused on the fruit of the Holy Spirit, goodness. Mm-hmm. Because for a principal, while curriculum is clearly important and a key component of what we do, to step even into a higher role of, okay, we're going to help lead this for the whole diocese, showed her own goodness. And it just was a great way to reflect that. But 
It's been a few episodes in between. So just what are we as as a whole looking to do with our curriculum when we when we finish this process? What are we hoping our diocese will have in place for our schools? Would you say from you know from the curriculum point well, of view? Let me give you a little bit of perspective on that. The diocese had a curriculum, and when I first got here and we started visiting schools, and we, my associate superintendent Jeff Kiefer, we noticed that the diocesan curriculum wasn't being implemented by every school and with fidelity. Right. So right. I wanted to take a look at the curriculum, and I wanted to start a curriculum review and uh, possibly modify the curriculum. And um, I had several leaders that stepped up and said, you know, we don't want a canned program here. And I said, amen. Yes. All right. Oh, yes. Amen. Right. And um, so I decided that what I wanted to do is that I wanted to uh, promote their leadership. So I turned it over to the curriculum committee. Uh, Vanessa Diller was one of the main uh, people on that committee. Um, Associate Superintendent Jeff Kiefer um, oversees the elementary portion of it, and Dave Mogul oversees the high school uh, component of it. But there are so many people on that committee, mm-hmm. uh, just too many for me to mention right oh, now. Oh, yeah. There's there's real ownership, I think, around yeah. the diocese schools, you know, for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so what we're really working to looking to do is, with the curriculum— we want to make sure that we have a continuous improvement cycle. So it's part of our five-year strategic plan. Right. And um, outside of the curriculum, um, we want to take a look at instruction. And that includes high-priority standards. Sure. It also includes blueprints. Our listeners might not know what those are, but they just help us to identify what those high-priority standards sure. are. We also take a look at whether or not instruction is at the right depth of knowledge. Um, There's a thing that's called the depth of knowledge will. Mm -hmm. And if we don't um, teach at the right um, action verb level, then the potential for our scores to uh, soar is limited. Sure. So we make sure that we take a, a look at that too. And then in the assessment, we're taking a look at formative assessment. And by formative assessment, we're talking about assessment that will allow the teacher to uh, determine whether or not the students uh, mastered what it is that they were teaching, yes. to determine whether or not they need to reteach. Summative assessment comes at the end of a unit, and we want to make sure that we know the mastery level in yes. case we do need to go back in and teach. We have our standardized test like um, iLearn mm-hmm. and NWEA. And actually, iLearn and NWEA can become a longitudinal test. And that means that it's a similar test that's given each year so that we can kind of measure um, where our students are so that we can maximize their student growth. That's so good. And I think uh, just experientially as a principal here, and, and again, for a listener that Thank you for explaining some of the technical terms because I do think a lot of our parents may not have some of that lingo. But um, if you really think about the way our diocese is set up when we have each school being able to make certain decisions about which textbooks will we use and how will we implement things there, even that effort to make sure that we're following the same high-priority standards is one that actually takes exactly – it takes effort. It takes intentional planning and time to set that up. So it's it's a beautiful vision when we, again, just think about the strategic planning and how that – is working here. We have the call to discipleship of Jesus Christ, developing the leaders, 
and developing what is taught. And that's just a, another shout out is that this process includes a truth, beauty, and goodness component. So that we're really speaking to the presence of our faith. And this is true about the presence of the Holy Spirit in all things. So it's not only a religion class, but we're able to speak to that when we're teaching science or when we're teaching math or when we're teaching literature and, and how does that story reflect that? So just exciting that that's really called out in what we're teaching. That's something that gives me a lot of joy as, as a principal in our diocese to know that that's there. Well, thanks know. for explaining that. Now I don't have to in that part of the <laughs> show great. here. Well, we're together on it. You know, it's pretty fun. But you know, but, I do want to I do want to state here though that um, with our curriculum improvement process, um, we had a very high uh, teacher attrition, mm. and so what we wanted to do when we came on board, and by we, Jeff Kiefer and myself, is that we wanted to help our principals as much as possible. So this curriculum process puts all the curriculum materials in a shared um, folder mm -hmm. so that um, every teacher will have access to it rather than just handing over the keys to the classroom. Now they'll have access to other grade level lesson plans yes. and pacing guides and et cetera. And that's just really going to um, and that's help. a plug to move here and teach here because yeah. you're you are <laughs> absolutely in good hands, right? <laughs> and there are leaders who who want us to be disciples, and now you have that. Now I think that is so important because we do know that historically in Catholic schools, curriculum has actually been an area that's been a little bit harder. And so a teacher can come in and find, oh, I really don't have a blueprint for what I even need to do, just as a general structure for right. the year. But now we have that in, in fact in place. Absolutely. Well, and it's being developed. But I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is in place, and as we're modifying it, it's it's only getting sharper and better. Right. So it's so Absolutely. great. Good. Well, so then the rest of the plan focused about exactly what you opened with, about where are we with enrollment? Because we want to do all this good. We certainly need students, and we need our families to be with us in order to make that good real, right? So uh, the next area was enrollment management, and it called for the diocese as a whole to have a plan for enrollment and each school. And I think that vision was something that really spoke to my heart with a lot of peace that, you know, together we are all in on this, that our, our diocese is making this a real effort. Each school is making this a real effort. How did you know to do that? You know, this is, of course, part of the committee I was involved in. But when you were first envisioning kind of even what you would begin for the committee to even start with, how did you know it needed to be both a diocesan level effort from the central office and each school? How, do you even recall like where the Lord sure. gave that to you? you yeah, know? sure. Well, you know, first I also want to say thank you for chairing that. Oh, uh, well, hey, that was fun. Committee. You know, it was fun. <laughs> it really was. Um, but yeah, our schools sometimes are out on an island. Right. Uh, you know, when you have schools that are spread out over um, 10 different counties and you have 43 of them throughout the diocese, uh, you know, not everybody has the same knowledge about enrollment management plans and mm -hmm. best practices and what goes into those. So we wanted to make sure that we not only had a diocesan enrollment plan, but that diocesan enrollment plan would be a great template for our 43 schools so that they could take information from that plan and plug it into mm -hmm. their uh, plans and hopefully increase enrollment. And I think that we have seen some fruits of that. Isn't that beautiful? In yes. the last couple of years, we've increased enrollment. Yes, and and nearly 3%. And listener might say, well, you know, in, in a for-profit industry, you know, we're looking for gains that are going to be a much bigger number. But if you think about the National Catholic Church, and certainly here I'm speaking to the U.S. only, and this is from NCEA, there's generally been a decline from the right. 70s on. Yeah. So to see any year of gain when we're taking this mm -hmm. seriously and to see an, an actual diocesan growth 
is huge. And actually, we just had uh, St. E's was featured yeah. in a recent episode, mm-hmm. and they had growth of over 100 seats, yeah. it, it, going from like the high 400s to the high five. So right. it's really a beautiful thing to see what the Lord's doing around the diocese. But, and part of that growth, Zach, was that um, during COVID, our teachers were heroes. Yes. They were in the classroom, and they were teaching our children, and that really spoke volumes about our teachers and their commitment to Catholic education you know, and wanting really to does. serve the students. Yes. There were so many schools that were virtual only, and certainly there were state restrictions, and, and that could be hard for a family, and we could talk on and on about that, but our teachers chose to come in. Right. And they chose to just keep loving kids, you know, yeah. and keep loving the Lord, and and it was tiring because, you know, we had to learn Zoom and we had to learn new ways of, of delivering material, but but they learned it. And, you know, they did that because I think we're dealing, you know, when we look at our, when I look at my school, when you look at the diocese, I think we see disciples of Jesus. We and do. Some days yeah. that call, you know, in the COVID days, mm-hmm. the serve was in fact harder right. and yet our people took that up. So Yeah. Well, research shows that the most important component in education is the teacher and their knowledge level in the classroom. And that's where you get your uh, biggest gains in student growth. So, you know, just a thank you out there to all of our teachers who were heroes and helped. Amen. And yeah, to to our own staff, amen, doubly that. So, uh, well, then again, thinking about the plan and just to put a plug back in, your vision for if the diocese had its own template, then each school could follow that. I certainly got to receive, St. Vincent's got to receive the benefit of that. And I, I have heard from other principals that that hope that we had was in fact, I think in most cases realized that many schools found, okay, we can actually think about enrollment management now. We can take some new practices. Right. We can approach this in a slightly different way with a little more depth behind it and see what kind of gains we can make. And indeed we have. So God yeah. is good. Thank you for doing that. Well, and then the the fifth uh, main area of the plan. So we, again, you know, we think about discipleship, right. that we need the leaders to help build up that discipleship. Mm-hmm. What is taught does that. Then we have the enrollment in place so mm-hmm. that we actually have the people to give that to, right? Mm-hmm. Then how can we study that and ensure it continues? And so kind of that's one term that says, how are we doing from a overall fiscal side operational vitality? And so to develop a metric to actually study that. Tell, tell our listeners, what, what do we mean by that? So the plan says an operational vitality metric. Even the word metric may throw somebody <laughs> off, right? So um, just to help them know, like, what right. are we actually trying to measure and do with this? Well, operational deals with the operation of the school. And right. metric is really just a measure. So we're looking at um, operational uh, measures um, at the school that can help us make decisions and we may need to make decisions to take a look at a school uh, who may need to uh, increase income. And mm-hmm. what are some ways that they can increase that income? Sure. They may de- need to reduce expenses. And what are some ways that they can reduce expenses? Uh, Jeff Kiefer um, was instrumental in the development of ours. I brought over a operational vitality metric um, from the other diocese that I was at. Sure. Um, he took that metric and he kept on adding to it and adding to it. And then when I reviewed the metric, I kept on asking for more and more right. and more. But um, it's it's really tremendous. And it, it takes a look at a lot of different areas. Um, it'll take a look at enrollment and the enrollment trends over a five-year period of time. It'll look at tuition 
And, you know, setting tuition at the right amount so that parents can still afford mm-hmm. a Catholic education for their children and not setting it um, too low where the vitality oh, the school of the school, oh, yeah, yes. so the school can pay its bills is, right. is a big deal. Um, and we've utilized uh, this operational vitality metric um, to help schools um, that are, are less fortunate when it comes to the economic mm-hmm. portion of their school. Well, that is uh, definitely a blessing to hear and to know that at the kind of final major area of the plan, there's some other areas we've named too that we'll touch on briefly here, but how can we sustain this for each school for the long run? And that I think is something that any any parent needs to know that you know we're committed to our schools and we're committed to this being a long run future presence for the lives of right. your children now, but when they become adults, when you have younger right. children aging, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So that is beautiful. Well, beyond that, the diocese elected to add three other areas as part of the planning was part of reaccreditation, which I think is sure. beautiful to do. And so these again speak directly to that mission of growing disciples. The three areas, the first of those three is to work on the personal relationship with Jesus within his body, the church. And so this is really about ongoing formation for both students and for staff. And I think about that even from, uh, you know, just the spirit speaking to me now, it was, you know, mission day this year. Right. That we know our um, our schools right now, our world right now, is really dealing with questions of, of gender identity. And our Catholic church says, wait a minute, truth, <laughs> beauty, and goodness, right? right. We, we know from God's creation where we are. We know we're created male and female. We, we right. know the Lord revealed this to us. And so there's no questions there. But to actually equip, so our mission day, so that a listener may not know this, for our diocese, there's an actual specific day designated to Mass with Bishop and to hearing about relevant topics of the day. Mm-hmm. And we were blessed to have Dr. Abigail Favalli as one of the, actually two wonderful presenters from mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Absolutely. And and share so helpful to hear even the secular data on some of these things in, in the gender ideology has proven that this has been bad for health. And so it was for the mental health of people seeking it. So it's just affirming the Catholic worldview, but then giving our teachers that actual depth of knowledge so that if they were to ever encounter that question, so much for us ties back to theology of the body. Love is free, total, faithful, fruitful. And if something's not in line with that, we have we have tools for that. So anyway, you know, in the strategic plan, thinking about that personal relationship with Jesus, Mission Day was one example of that. Mm-hmm. I just want to compliment our diocese for seeing that we want to formally name that as something we plan for. And, you know, if we don't, maybe the types of programming we have becomes less effective. I think, Dr. Joe, this also talked about measurement. And please correct me if I'm wrong. I actually could be wrong here. But is this where we got into the ARC assessment, I want to say? Does that sound familiar to you? Right. We got into the ARC uh, assessment. And um, Carl Lesh, who is the secretary for pastoral ministry and catechesis, um, didn't like some of the questions, the personal questions that were being asked okay. of our students. And he felt that those were um, questions that were best answered by parents. So um, we started the ARC assessment and okay. we've been utilizing uh, that data uh, to determine um, where we are with our children, their knowledge of their faith, and also the knowledge of our teachers, if they take the assessment and want to take the assessment. That's too. beautiful. And where can we all grow, right? So right. for a listener, that is the assessment of religious knowledge. It's a relatively new assessment. I don't have a depth of history on it, but I know that it hasn't been around, you know, for decades. I think it's been within one decade, really. Right. Actually, probably just within five years. But 
not only are we going to be intentional about forming disciples, we're going to measure how we're doing. And I right. think that's a beautiful grace in the strategic planning mm-hmm. uh, process. So then the next add priority was to revise the principal evaluation process. So it obviously matters a great deal to me in my current role, <laughs> right? But I think for a listener, it's pretty important to know as a parent that a diocese is actually going to be intentional about who are our leaders and how are we helping them grow and how are we helping them know what is an area that you should really focus on in your own growth. So how does you know that this was something that our diocese needed to take and add into the strategic plan? You know, you learn a lot of things during your first year as superintendent, right? <laughs> sure you do. And yes. uh, one of those items was is that um, not all of our principals were being evaluated. Sure. And uh, we need to evaluate our principals, number one, to affirm the great things that they're doing in their schools. Um, and then number two is to identify um, opportunities for school growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thirdly, if there needs to be an improvement plan, you know, smart goals uh, that are strategic, measurable, attainable, yes, um, and uh, so on and so forth. Well, certainly the Lord set, I think anyway, some examples of, of this kind of thing when when he sent out the disciples, you know, and, and the call, the great commission to go and make disciples of the world, there was actually a goal in mind, right? And so our Lord wants us to have goals in mind mm-hmm. and goals for growth. And so the idea that we can evaluate whether we're meeting those goals or not and, and why, mm-hmm. and so are they the right goals? And if they are, what do we need to do to, to enhance them? So it's beautiful right. that it's on there, but I think, again, it speaks to that same root mission we're going to be very serious about forming disciples of the Lord. We need to know that we're actually measuring ourselves against that mission, you know, and how are we doing with it? Right. And part of that process is something that I dearly love, and that's going out to each school and visiting the school and taking a look at the different uh, measurements. And some of those measurements include enrollment, um, iLearn scores, um, what they're doing with their continuous improvement plans, their strategic plans, how their school advisory boards and how they're working with them, and also their personal goals. Mm -hmm. You know, what are they doing with those and how are they progressing? Um, We always want to end with, you know, how can the Catholic Schools Office help you better? And uh, I appreciate so that, that question. Serve that. Yes, that's so good. Thank you. I, there's probably, I, I have to guess that some of the dioceses in our nation, or at least around the world, probably don't have a question like that. You know, how can we actually think about how we're helping you? Thank you for including that. It is certainly a grace to have. And uh, definitely the joy of uh, being with the students in the school visits. Right. Is, I appreciate you speaking to that. That's great. Well, and then I think the final area that we actually specifically name in the plan is just to um, consider more of the Catholic lib- Catholic liberal education and resources for that. And so that has a specific meaning, which might not be familiar with with many of our listeners. And we have um, one school on the Fort Wayne side, and you'd have to help me on the South Bend side, but that specifically seeks to be a school following a Catholic li- liberal education. So tell our listeners a little bit about like, what is that? term mean? What does it speak to? And what kinds of resources are we looking for to, to help our schools with? Well, liberal education means to be free, right? And so to be free to choose the truth, beauty, and goodness uh, that um, God is and to institute that in across our curriculum. And Bishop Rhodes was a big proponent in taking a look at our schools and challenging me personally. Uh, do we have enough um, liberal education resources mm-hmm. in, in our schools, um, good Catholic 
authors and so on and so forth. So put together a Padlet, which is just like an electronic binder mm-hmm. that's up on the internet. Right. And uh, we have so many things that are in that Padlet. One is to help parents if they're concerned about a textbook and what the process is to go by. Another is to help schools that if a parent does question a textbook, you know, what's the process to take a look at that textbook, sure. so on and so forth. Um, we've got a lot of uh, homilies up there from Bishop Rhodes, um, which really helps with the knowledge of the faith in there, and especially uh, on these topics like you were talking about um, earlier. Well, that's great. Well, I've got to say, Dr. Joe, that it's, you know, I, I got to have perhaps a more firsthand view, but but it was really just for the one arm of the committee, especially. So to hear about the the entire unfolding of this, planning for joy as disciples mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ is is such a gift. And I think there's really a model here that another diocese, somebody else in leadership may want to look to. So again, this is in the episode description. It's a great place to start. And of course, that can lead you actually to the diocesan website. And so there's right. contact information there if people needed to, to look for more information from you or, or from somebody in the office. But, you know, just to think for a minute about, this is probably an obvious one for our episode today, but how does this actually speak to God, you know, being truly present? And I, and I love getting to do this in this podcast. Here, we have not only one school, we have an entire system of 43 schools that at its very core specifically speaks to we're here to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So any other thing we do, and of course, we spent the episode today talking about the things we're going to do, right? The curriculum, right. The, the aspiring leaders, the enrollment yeah. management, all of that is for the glory of God and for helping people have lives, our students, but our staff too, our families, having lives of meaning and joy with the Lord. And so it's it's very exciting to just say, when that's at the heart of why we exist, then anything we do comes to show us the Holy Spirit with us calling us to a greater joy in the work so that the joy always has meaning not only for the world we're preparing our students for, but meaning to be more united with God. And that's that's for eternal meaning. So right. kudos to the diocese for the planning effort. And, and of course, that plan is now current. So it's a five-year plan. Right. So it's something that we have measurements in place for. And you know, to think about what it might mean for myself as a principal to see where will we be five years from now? There's one starting point, which is more intentional disciples of Jesus, not only like for each person to be at a deeper spot, to have more disciples of our Lord with us. So uh, there's just so much good. And I, I want to thank you for sharing that and commend you for it. And then one other goal we do with the podcast is just to give our parents some tips because we always want to think about, okay, so the schools are doing this, but if I'm a mom or a dad listening, what do I do at home with what you're talking about? And I always say that for the end because I think it's really neat to you know make some of those tie-ins. So some tips that we had uh, kind of thinking about today. So our diocese has planned strategically for joy. right? And so what could a family do uh, with that? And so tip one, I just, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit about pa- parents can actually plan strategically. And I think that's like not the kind of thinking we often think of in right. family life, but I love that you started with St. Pam. Thank you for mm-hmm. naming your wife because <laughs> I just, that's beautiful. Just before we take up our actual work, we are called to be disciples of Lord in our vocation and, and hearing you start with your love of your wife and, and your children, right? So you've probably had a lot more experience of this than me. My oldest is only eight at the moment, but just for a family, if they feel like something isn't working the way that they want it to, if they feel like maybe they're in a rut or they're not getting time for prayer or their kids are arguing too much, you know, as moms and dads, we can actually push pause and plan for Absolutely. a new routine, right? right? 
And it may not be this very formal plan where we're actually going to make this longer document and all of that, but right. we can pause and we can say, you know what? We're going to get a sitter, mom and dad. We're going to go out for a night. We're going to think about where we are as a family. And we can actually do something about if they're arguing too much or our schedule isn't allowing for prayer, maybe it is time to actually sit out for one sports season. And, and sports can have a lot of value to kids. I'm a big believer in that, but maybe the family needs to do that. Maybe it has nothing to do with schedule, but it's just arguing. It's like, well, we're going to set up some new routines at home. We're going to yeah. do our evening with a prayer to start. We're going to institute a new chore that everyone's going to do. And then we're going to do our, our time for- We set our play. daughter out- uh, one sports season because it was just too much. So yeah, yeah, you're right. This is great that you're talking about that. Well, thank you. I actually have to give credit to a family um, over at school that we've gotten to know well, and they really felt that their schedule had taken them further from the Lord's kingdom. Yeah, and they they elected to do that this season with with their children. And I thought, you know, that takes courage because their kids are gifted athletes, and they and they right. love that. And I know they'll continue. But um, but yeah, if it's not about re orienting the schedule. If maybe your children are really young, they're not really in an activity yet. It can be, I think arguing is one that a lot of parents speak to me about, mm -hmm. you know, what do we do with that? And it's, it, it's not that we have the gift to tell them exactly what to do, but just that parents, you can plan for this, right? You can, right. you can say, okay, as, as husband and wife, we're going to sit down, we're going to try a new routine and you can assess how that goes for a week or two. Absolutely. Right? It's and, all about balance, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. So that's just one. Parents, you too can plan strategically for joy. Uh, and then we also thought too about just since we start this whole strategic plan with a mission, disciples for the Lord through the ministry of education. I have heard of many families actually writing their own mission statement. And, you know, sometimes a family might say, well, that's so formal. And it's like, actually, it can be very unifying though. You know, so this is an example I heard from one family. Um, this actually goes back a few years, but it's the mission and, and I won't name them. So, but it's the mission of the blank family to help one another get to heaven and to thrive in this life by praying together, spending intentional time together, and joyfully serving together in the work of household and family life. They wrote that, you know, yeah. like they they wanted that to remind, I think they had this actually up in their home. Uh -huh. And, you know, for them, that was fruitful. And certainly for some parents, like actually writing that out may feel perhaps forced or not, um, you know, is, is fruitful. But for some, actually sitting down and writing it out becomes a visual reminder of what are we about in this family? Absolutely. I wrote one for myself. Did you see? Did. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. it's a great spiritual. So when did you write your first mission? Do you have one now that you're following? I, I yeah. do. And it's been the same one throughout my career. It's to strive to live up to the example set by Jesus Christ as teacher and servant leader. And I feel miserably often, you know, with that uh, But that's the calling goal. that we try to, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful that you would share with our listeners. Thank you for sharing it with me. I mean, I've gotten to see that, you know, as we work together and, and thank you for that. And that's authentic. But to actually know that you have that, you know, named and in your heart as, as part clearly of your prayer life. Thanks, Dr. Joe. It's awesome. Well, you know, to close our episode today, I think the idea that strategic planning can lead to joy is very affirmed in our own diocese and, and some tips there for parents as well. And so I just want to thank you for your time coming on and sharing that leadership story kind of with not only our own diocese, but again, other listeners. If you want to know where your school is or what you could bring to your school, go to the episode description, check that out. And then uh, tune in next week, too. We are very excited to be hearing a little bit about community building from one of our schools, Huntington Catholic. Great. So that is uh, adjacent to us here in Fort Wayne in Northeast Indiana. But they're going to share a little bit more about just how our schools are also called to be sources of fun and that uh, building joy. So we invite our listeners to tune in there. But Dr. Joe, thank you again so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, you're doing a great job with the Spirit in the School. So God bless you. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> thank you all. 
You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools. (laughs) 